back when my wife and I were married probably about a year and a half. Um, I was in seminary, I was working, she was teaching math at a high school nearby. We only had one car, so I would do what I needed to in the day, then go pick her up, and we'd go home and you know, do all the household stuff, dishes, laundry, cook dinner, whatever else. And we hit a point where we would come home, and she would sit down on the couch and fall asleep. And she'd wake up after a while and make dinner, and then fall back to sleep, either on the couch or she'd just go up to bed and whatever else. One day I was like, huh, I wonder if she's getting sick. Two days, three days, she's fine. What's going on? The dishes are starting to pile up in the sink. The laundry's starting to get, you know, overflowing the hamper. What's going on? So four days go by, five days go by, six days go by. There's been a weekend in there somewhere. I'm like, Meg... I don't know what's going on, but this isn't okay. Something's got to change. Like, uh, do you know? She's like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just so tired all the time. Uh, well, something's got to Another day or two goes by. I'm like, Meg, I think something's really going on, and maybe it's a sin issue, but you need to pray about it. <laughs> we found out about a week later. She was six or seven weeks pregnant, and I felt like the biggest jerk in the world. So there you have it. But is sloth just laziness? Is it just, I don't feel like doing stuff? Is that what sloth is about? Is that what the sin of sloth is about? If so, that doesn't sound like a very deadly sin, does it? I like taking naps. Is that so bad? Maybe not. But the church fathers, they didn't use the word sloth to talk about it because they didn't speak English. So they used a word called acedia, and it literally means without caring. Those two words together, without caring. It's apathy. It's indifference. It's being lukewarm about stuff. You're not hot and you're not cold. Um, That's what sloth really has been down through the ages, this idea of apathy and indifference. The virtue we're looking at in contrast to sloth is diligence. Now, I think as Americans, we're a lot more comfortable talking about stuff like diligence than we are about sloth. Think about some synonyms for that word diligent. If you think, call, call a few of them out. Synonyms for diligence. Perseverance, hardworking, dedicated, tenacity, grit. A few that I came up with were industrious, thorough, attentive, earnest, dedicated. We like those words, don't we? They make sense to us here in America. We, we want to be hard workers. But the word diligent, actually, it comes from a Latin word that actually has nothing to do with work. Can you believe it? The Latin word diligere, and I'm not a Latin scholar, so correct my pronunciation later, but it means to love or to take delight in. And so this idea of diligence carries with it this idea that we give our attention to, we give our care to those people and things 
we love, those people and things we delight in. Does that change the way you think about diligence? It did for me. If this is the opposite of sloth, I think it kind of helps us to understand what sloth is meant by understanding what diligence means. Do you know the name Ellie Weissel? He was the 1986 Nobel Peace Prize winner and Holocaust survivor. He, uh, he said famously, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. That same idea that the opposite of love is indifference. The opposite of sloth, which we've said is indifference, is love. And so, I think too often our mindset here in America is paradise would be the absence of work. You know, and so we live our lives for vacation. We work hard through the year to go on vacation. We, we orient our lives toward getting ready for retirement and maybe even early retirement if we can. But work's not a bad thing. In fact, we were created to work. And it's not just something that came as a result of the fall, although after the fall, work got a lot harder. But our human vocation was always to work. Adam and Eve were put in the Garden of Eden, and they were told to take care, to tend it. Quick shout out for the trustees' work party on the 13th of April. We're made to work. Um, But all throughout the Proverbs, readers are encouraged not to be sluggards. They're encouraged not to be slothful, but to be diligent and hardworking. In chapter 6, beginning in verse 11, or 6, and going through 11, we hear these words, "'Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander.'" No overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Have you ever stopped and watched ants, whether it's on the ground, around their anthill, or maybe as a kid you had one of those little ant farms and you saw them building their tunnels and digging all through and doing their thing. They don't stop, ever. They're kind of like my boys. They don't stop moving. But it's because they're diligent in their task. They're fixated on their task. And I think that hard work component, that, um, that diligence, that idea of diligence, like the ants, that's half of the sloth and diligence equation. But if we stop our application of diligence there, it becomes work harder, do more, be busier. But I think we can work harder and do more and be busier and still be guilty of sloth. 
as counterintuitive as that sounds. You see, we can, real, we can be really busy and we can work really hard and have a great excuse for not doing what God has asked us to do. We heard in the scripture reading earlier from Hebrews a list of people who acted in faith. We heard about Abel who brought his offering and Enoch who walked with God and Noah who built the ark even when it looked like foolishness to those around him. We heard about Abraham and how he left his home and his place and his people and he set off for a place that God was going to show him somewhere along the way. These people, these heroes of the faith, they put their faith into action. As we know from James chapter 2, faith without works is dead. And so there's this idea that we need to fix our actions, our doing on our faith. We need to let that define what we're going to do. You see, sloth is a bit of a stealthy sin. It flies under the radar because it's not really a sin of commission, it's not a sin that, you know, you murder someone, you, you see that one. You, you know you're doing it. It's not a, a sin like gluttony where you know you're overindulging. It's a sin of omission, and it focuses on what you're not doing. We might be doing good things. We might even see ourselves as pretty virtuous for doing a lot of good things. But if those good things take away our diligence for doing what God has asked us to do, it's sloth. What are those things, then, that God wants us to do? It wouldn't be nice if there were a nice little punch list of things God wants me to do X, Y, and Z. And then I'll know that I've done all that God's asking me to do. I know, I'll know that I've been diligent to what God is calling me to do. Well, I can't tell you what that list is. Not for each of you. I could, I could tell you what the list is for me right now, these days. But the reality is, you probably know what that list is for you. You probably know what God is asking you to do. I think too often... We know what God wants us to do, and we choose just not to do it. So I can't tell you what's on your list today, but I can tell you this. It will never be less than worshiping together, studying together, and serving together. And it will never be less than love. If sloth is ultimately indifference. And that's what we said earlier. And the opposite of indifference is love. Then the result is going to be that indifference towards the things of God. Susanna Wesley, who was the mother of John Wesley and Charles Wesley, who were the founders of Methodism. She was kind of you know, considered the mother of Methodism because she was the mother of the two who founded it. If there's no Susanna Wesley, there's no John and Charles Wesley, and if there's no John and Charles Wesley, there's no Methodist church called Trinity in Mullica Hill. But she had this quote that I thought spoke well 
to this idea of sloth that we're thinking about today. And she says, whatever weakens your reason, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, takes off your relish for spiritual things, whatever increases the authority of your body over your mind, that thing is sin for you, however innocent it may seem in itself. There might be a lot of good things out there in the world, but if they're weakening your reason, if they're impairing your conscience, if they're obscuring your sense of God, then Susanna Wesley says, for you, that's sin. All those good things that are distracting you and taking you away from diligently following God and loving God and neighbor, it's sin, it's sloth. Sloth leads to a separation from God, but it also leads to indifference in our relationships with other people. So we try to avoid relationship or escape from it. We distract ourselves. How many times instead of actually dealing with an interpersonal relationship or, or something that's going on, you know, we, we'd much rather pull out the phone and scroll through Facebook or Instagram or go home and binge watch Netflix because we can then just escape. We, can, we don't have to deal with it. We don't have to give ourselves to anything. So we either try to uh, avoid relationships or, or we just withdraw and isolate. We cut ourselves off from community um, in isolation. And whether we withdraw or escape, we do both for the same reason. Because being in relationship requires something of us. It requires us to give something of ourselves and when sloth is there, we become indifferent to those self-giving requirements of love. Sloth is more than just laziness that requires us to buckle down and work harder. Sloth is indifference that requires us to diligently love both God and others. That means putting away the distractions that allow us to escape reality. That means saying no to the good things in life so that we can say yes to the best things. It means allowing God to do the work of transformation in us, to make us the persons he wants us to be, even when it's not easy and it's not comfortable and it requires some hard work on our part. God has called us not to sloth, not to indifference, but to diligence, to lovingly care for the things He's given us to delight in. Would you pray with me as the praise band comes again? God, we're grateful this morning that You love us right where we are, but we're also grateful, God, that you don't leave us there. You love us enough to, to do the work of transforming us and changing us and making us more and more into your image. God, we ask that today you would come and do that work in us. 
we ask that you would come and transform us so that we can be the people you've called us to be. And we can be diligent in following all that you've asked us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the last seven weeks, we've been looking at these seven deadly sins. And if these sins were as far as we ever got, it would have been a pretty depressing sermon series. But we've also sought to identify those virtues that Christ gives to us to counteract these vices. Just as the seven deadly sins all find their origin in pride. Anybody remember that from week one? Last time I preached? All right, good job. But that they all find their origin in pride, that inward orientation to the self. But the virtues are all rooted in Christ, in love. And it's that self-giving love that orients itself outward toward others. So we can say with the Apostle Paul, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The band's going to lead us in a song. And if God's speaking to your heart about sloth or any of the seven deadly sins we've talked about over the last few weeks, and you want to come and have a conversation with him about it, you're welcome to come and pray at the altar. If you want someone to pray with, just look up to me. I'd be happy to come and pray with you. God is doing a work of transformation in your lives, and he wants to take those vices, those seven deadly sins, and he wants to replace it with his character, and he can do it if we'll let him.
God has overcome. In Christ's life, death, and resurrection, God has overcome. Our, feel, our fears, our failures, our sins, all of it, he's overcome. So go out and live like it. Amen.